0: I am the Animus, and you are listening to the Video and Company Podcast, a podcast where we talk about filmmaking and operating a video production business. Today's guest is Adam Sewell, who is a DP and co-founder of Digital Spark Studios, and they have a great portfolio. It's a great team. I've known some of the guys there for a while, and I really respect what they got going on. In today's episode, Adam talks about coming from the corporate background and creating a video production company with his business partner Joshua Heber so without further ado here's Adam Sewell for everyone who doesn't know you can you just do a basic introduction of who you are and like where you're at right now mainly with like digital spark or whatever yeah
1: so my name's Adam uh, Adam Sewell and I'm from England originally uh, I've been here for about 10 years now though um, I run a company. In partnership with uh, my partner joshua heber called digital spark studios and we're a video production company in charlotte north carolina we do commercial corporate uh we have a wedding brand so we do wedding videography and wedding photography and yeah it's about uh, we've been doing that for about five years now total so
0: when i've wondered why did you always have the uh why did you have the wedding brand separate from the others
1: all right so yeah, about five years ago, I met Josh and uh, we were working at a company called 3D Systems down in Rock Hill. And we both head up the video production comp- um, side of that company. And we were doing all their marketing campaigns and all of, the, all of their photography, everything from a creative standpoint, which involved media, that, that was Josh and I. So we got to know each other and worked together a lot over a short amount of, per- amount of time. When I came in, it only took us about four months before we realized that this is what we wanted to do, and we worked well together. So, we we would just kind of you know talk about things that we wanted to do, talk about the future, and then decided after like I say four months of knowing each other that we'd put together a company, and so we f- filed our LLC. And for about three and a half years, we we worked on building that company while still at 3D Systems. So, basically, the, all we had was the evenings and weekends and we fell into weddings that way because obviously you know we're kind of limited to what what we can do on the weekend and weddings was something that we could you know use as a creative outlet and that's kind of how we fell into there
0: so because a lot of people start out with weddings and i'm not really sure why the path starts i guess a lot of people don't know the not saying that you fall into this category but like a lot of younger kids they sometimes go like i don't know what video should be for you know but like I really respect how you guys were doing like nights and weekends, just like a lot of us. Like, we, you don't just kind of like start a company and like quit your job and just like hope everything comes in. You got to like, got to do both at the same time. So, what was it like being at 3D Systems and also being able to juggle that like side project?
1: Um, it was, it was a lot of work. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess, it, I guess it was juggling to a certain extent, but it was just, Constant, it, it, you know, it got to a point where we were working 100 hours a week easily, uh, where, you know, we would, you know, go to work at seven in the morning, work until five, and then until ridiculous hours in the evening, every day, um, because we had all the editing and stuff that we did from the weekends. And then on the on the weekends, we would do weddings that were, you know, either from like 12 hours to like 16, 17 hour days, um, when it came, comes to like the Indian Hindu weddings and stuff like that. So it, it became really, really long work weeks. And there was probably a point where we were getting a little bit tired, um, more physically than mentally, because we knew what we wanted to do. And we knew that we the end goal was to get out of working that nine to five life. So, I mean, we we were prepared to put in these honest hours in the front end in order to, you know, get to where we wanted to be. So it, it was a lot of work. Um, and if, you know, I believe that if you really desire to like be somewhere and do something that you know it doesn't necessarily become a mental drain if you truly want to be there as is you know as as much as it is a physical drain because you know the body can only handle so much but as long as you're focused and kind of have an idea um of where you want to go that's kind of like how we we looked at it so it it was a long time coming but you know uh, just over a year ago now we were able to financially get to a point where it made sense for us to quit our full-time jobs and Put everything we have now into growing digital spark studios as as a company so
0: right and so did you ever have any kind of conflicts with uh with the 3d systems like was there ever any time where they're like oh we like if they were to find out that you did this certain type of video that like they might not be a fan of it or was that just because you were only doing weddings at that time you didn't really have to deal with like any kind of industrial conflicts
1: i would say 99.9 percent of the time they were extremely supportive um they they we we were really friendly with most of the people there and they they, they really liked the work that we did while we were there and I, I think to a certain extent they just wanted to keep us happy and if if we weren't having a conflict of interest like for example if we weren't going out and doing work for like a competitor or something like that they were going to be fine with it and you know as long as we weren't bringing our work outside of th- um 3d systems into you know the regular work day there's not really much they could say about it you know we're just, we just we we were doing all of our work on the evenings and weekends so we, we kept them happy. We, it was kind of like a mutual respect between the two parties. So it was really well.
0: That's really cool that they were like fully aware of it. Yeah. Um. I had a similar thing where I worked at a, like a mom and pop shop and I did all their advertising and they knew. Like every once in a while they would get it like a little like, eh, are you sure? You're... But I never really worked that much when I was doing that. Like it was not hard to juggle. I just like didn't have the traffic coming in at that time. But I wanted right. to backtrack a little bit. Um. So how did you get to 3D systems? Like where did you start like with videography? Was it like? were you just how how did you get into video to begin with
1: so i was definitely a late starter when it comes to video i didn't really know how to work a camera properly until i got to 3d systems and that's a lot of credit to josh to josh heber because you know he's he's an extremely creative guy and i kind of lent on him to to you know just watched him and learned a lot from him like in a short amount of time but if in order to like get to that point um I, I played soccer in in college at High Point University and while I was there one of my teammates was like a, a really enthusiastic musician he was a rapper and uh, made a lot of music and the amount we spent countless hours in the studio in the evenings and this was kind of just as I was figuring out that I liked even you know creating in a certain any, any kind of platform um we found ourselves just in the studio i was helping him out just like basically hitting record and making sure the levels weren't clipping and stuff like that while he was in there like actually making the music and we were in there till early hours in the morning like you know multiple days a week just messing around basically having fun and that led into you know maybe we can make a music video of, of the songs that we're recording so um i would either hold the camera or you know just help in any way that i could just you know create things and that's kind of where it all started like how how I knew that I liked this stuff. I didn't know how to make a career out of it. But Mm -hmm. this was kind of like how the direction for me changed because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with going into college. And like I say, it was it took a little while for me to find out what direction I wanted to go in. But when I did, um I went to NASCAR Media Group. And that was just a good way for me to stay in the country because I needed that work visa in Mm -hmm. order to in order to do that. And I was doing just the, the most boring job of all time just ingesting media and archiving all the media that came from the races and stuff so it was a way for me to like be in that world but not necessarily in that world you know i was there like ridiculous hours in the evening when like the media came back from the races and stuff um and i've been following 3d systems for a long time because they had a really really big growth i think back in 2013 i think it was like the year before i joined where their stock just went through the roof and 3d printing was this new thing and everything so i've been following them and then we found out excuse me they found out that they were down in rock hill south carolina which was obviously just down the road from where we were and it was actually my wife that found the position um on a job board saying they're looking for some video guy and i I was like i don't really have any experience in that but you know maybe maybe i'll just give it a shot so i did um i went in for a lot of interviews and didn't really have a reel or anything at the time, obviously, um, and made a couple of custom videos that I'm sure Josh, if you ever speak to him, <laughs> had some, some things to say about those, because they were terrible, but for some reason it worked. And, uh, yeah. I, and once I got in there and kind of blagged my way in there, if you like, uh, you know, it, it all started from there and I just followed Josh and he taught me a lot. So I owe a lot to him.
0: Oh, okay. So like, what is the dynamic now at Digital Spark? Like, what's everybody's kind of like role, and like, where do you find yourself leaning towards the most?
1: So we we're in an interesting place right now. I think there's a couple of things that we've always said at Digital Spark is, is that we want to keep our core team small. Um, we we're very you know we have very high standards that we want to reach if we're going to bring someone in on more of a permanent basis or on an ongoing basis so there's there's a certain kind of drive that we need to see in people in order to you know bring them in on like more of an ongoing basis and and the second thing was you know if we're going to hire someone on a contract basis they need to be way more talented than we are so there's those are the two kind of things that we are so like so we are a small team at the core there's just four of us right now um but you know we i i'm taking up more of a I guess, a management role, um, on organizing clients, engaging clients and working on client relationships. And I still find myself on set like all the time as well. But as far as like growing the company from a corporate and commercial side, that's where I find myself uh, more involved in that. And just these client relationship roles and developing and building new relationships.
0: Okay. So like, what are some, like, what are some things that you're doing now that you probably weren't doing, I don't know, like nine months ago and it's something that you've seen like growth in?
1: It's just just talking to people on more of a personal level, you know, because at the end of the day, you are talking to companies, but, you know, the people you're talking to are people, you know, they're not they're not the company, they are just people and to being able to develop those personal relationships, even if it's just like a, you know, whether it's just like an inside joke or just getting a cup of coffee or whatever it is, taking it from an off, offline to like an interpersonal relationship is, I think, I think, something that I've found that's really important and I'm learning every day, you know, and definitely not an expert in the area but it's something that I'm really interested in developing and and just you know just finding out what they really want from a creative side and uh, you know building those relationships and finding out the best way to like convert what they want into how we can deliver it in a creative way is just pretty exciting
0: yeah actually um in that earlier show that I was telling you about one of the things that we did touch up on because she so my business advisor had given me a couple bit of advice and one of the things that i wasn't doing at all is like in-person networking because i can be back at my day job i used to just dm and just like connect with people all day and it's like it you know one out of a hundred you might get yeah. but when you get in person it's like those odds slim so much more because you can actually show who you are personally and uh so like how do you how do you get in front of these people to, to create these relationships
1: um that's a tough one. If we, if we knew that, like it would be, it would be a lot easier. So it's it's a lot of different things. We were experimenting with things like video email and then just, you know, just, just word of mouth, just asking, you know, if, if you want a referral from, from someone, just ask them, you never know, like they can say no, that's the worst thing that they can say. Right. Um, but it's, it's something that, you know, is, is ever changing. I think in the, in the world that we're in is there's no one way, which is going to be the best way to connect with the the potential clients that are out there, as long as we we just brought a social media person on who is now because we just social media is not really like the way that we we were kind of like driven. I was never really one to like to sit on social media and mm-hmm. use it as a business tool. But it's so important that we 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 found that void in our company and we weren't and we and it was something that we weren't really, you know, putting much attention to. So we brought someone in who is a professional and that's just like another channel that we can we can use to utilize and get in front of uh, potential clients. So, just just making sure that the funnel is full, and uh, you, know, you know, there's lots of different channels in which potential clients can come from. I think is is really important.
0: Yeah, I think you guys are at a point where I'm trying to get to, and that's where like if there's something you're not good at but you know you need, you just hire it. Mm-hmm. So it's like social media, like you can i can i'm trying to learn social media or i'm trying to learn like sales like hard sales and like marketing tactics and stuff like that but it's like eventually i'd like to just hire it's like uh, this isn't what i signed up for I, you know i just wanted to like create videos and create commercials right and stuff like that and you know getting <laughs> artists is easier for me just because like that's kind of like my my shtick like everybody just knows like oh he's the music video guy so like more or less getting the commercial and advertising and you know that kind of stuff corporate Stuff it's like a lot harder to market for that, and it's mm-hmm. all based on like personal relationships. So like a lot of like network meetings or just like even even coming to train for this podcast like was kind of felt like a networking thing because you have like six people in a room and they're all curious as to what you do, and it's like it's just getting right. in front of people. And I'm just right. such an introvert that it's so hard. To That's do the that.
1: problem in this industry, I think, as a whole. You know, everyone is an introvert in this. Well, you know, most people are introverts. Yeah. I'm an introvert at heart. I'm trying to get out of that, but you know, this this is this is new for me sitting in front of a microphone. So
0: yeah, or being on camera. It, I tell exactly. you what, uh, it 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 all it takes is once or twice, and then it becomes a lot easier because I I hate doing this, um, but it's something that like you're kind of forced to do. Where mm-hmm. like I noticed um, that like I would tell these companies like, oh, we need to do this kind of campaign, and it's like I'm not even doing that kind of campaign for my business, so I can't really complain. Like when I'm not growing the way that i telling them they can grow right right and it's like you just gotta like they have to get to know who you are and your business and the way that works is like being there yeah absolutely um so like on the technical side like is who who's who would you say is like the main dp at digital spark is it you or is it josh or do y'all both balance between uh, we
1: definitely balance um josh is an extremely good director um like i said earlier he is he is extremely good at He's just a creative person in yeah. general, and that that spills across all different facets of the company, where whether it's uh, idea generation or concepting or storyboarding, he's an extremely talented, like uh, graphic artist as well. So he can he can really create something out of nothing, which is something that I've always admired about him. Like the stuff that he does from a graphic and motion graphic standpoint is i'd never be able to do it so um, he's big
0: on after effects
1: yeah he's extremely okay. talented in after effects he's he's really good at that stuff and like i say like just taking a blank canvas and making something from it is something you know not not from a from a graphic standpoint i've never really been able to like visualize um and and like build something from like right. from the ground up from a story standpoint i can't my mind is probably more in in that way but we, we all we all um we all play part in, in the cinematography. Um, I think my brain is probably more oriented towards the cinematography side. Um, I love the like, light and, and everything. And, um, I'm probably more at, uh, appeal it, Like I, I like what the camera is seeing as opposed to like the meaning behind it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, Josh is probably more, you know, tailored towards. But then you got Taylor as well, who is, is an extremely talented director and is and is so creative um, as well. So it's it's really good having um those two guys in there because we'll sit around a table and the amount of good ideas that will come up um from completely different angles around the same subject is is just like I just kind of like blown away most of the time by what they come up with. Yeah. yeah, And they think so differently as well. So it's always refreshing to have like completely different, different ideas around the same thing.
0: Well, so like, what are some influences on like your style visually?
1: I, I do like dark and moody. Um, I, I just, I just do. It just appeals to my eye a little bit more. Yeah. Like the way that the shadows interact and how, how like the light and shadows create shapes and, um and the way that the light falls across, certain things it 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 just appeals to my eye yeah more so than the light and airy look it just always has
0: i mean that's how i would describe your look and it's also like something that like i've noticed especially with like commercial clients that like they don't they don't see what we see when we when we see like dark and moody yeah they see like oh somebody needs to turn on a light it's like yeah. oh, there's like so many lights on you probably don't know but like flagged them all off so right but like when it comes down to like dark and moody it feels like a lot of it has to do with like um like color wise like there 's a way more color contrast than like the dark and moody look mm-hmm. rather than the commercial and like do you feel like practicals are like a big part in that of
1: course, yeah, I always try and integrate a practical in there somewhere I, I, as long as it makes sense yeah. obviously um like for an interview, for example, if it 's in like a house or something, I always try and get a lamp in the background on a dimmer and just bring it all the way down, even if it 's not influencing like the exposure of the actual frame um. If, for example, like, like we'll put a lamp in the background, and then we'll maybe bring a tungsten light in to to emulate that lamp light. It's way too dim for it to make sense right. to be actually lighting the subject. But you know, this camera trickery it, it makes it makes sense from like a visual standpoint.
0: Right. And so, do you uh, do you ever run into issues with like your how you visually want a project to be with like the client? like kind of not feeling the same thing or is it pretty much like does everybody kind of feel what you feel uh
1: we 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 try to adapt um obviously we want clients to come to us because of the way that we do things um that's the dream and that's you know that's everyone's i think if you're in a video production company that's the ultimate goal is that they're coming to you because they like what you do as as a production company but that's not always the case, is it? You know, they, they might like your work, but they want to do it in you know, like a more of a light and airy way. And we're always going to respect that. Right. Um. You can't argue with the client in, in that regard. If they have a vision and they have a brand that is, you know, more bright and, and you know, less contrast, Um. you've got to go along with it. You can't just have this high, high contrast, dark and moody yeah. piece in the middle of like a whitewash of like toothpaste commercials, for yeah. example, you know, so that's yeah we, we have we have to adapt but you know it's always nice when they come for to us for our style
0: exactly that's i mean that's the dream yeah essentially absolutely um so like what would you say because how much i know you do music videos i know you've been doing the chloe is it chloe lowry yeah okay chloe yeah. lowry like how how much other music videos are you guys doing or is it pretty much like that pro, that like series of projects and then also like all the commercial and wedding stuff
1: Yes, so we've done a few music videos in the past um we've done one we did one recently for Britt Drodzer. i think I'm saying the name right i hope i'm saying Are they her name local right. she she she's a, she's an artist yeah she's local to to charlotte she's extremely talented um she did um a music a song for uh ice hockey movie recently and it was like the title song and we did a music video for that which is going to be integrated with some some footage from the actual movie itself. But music video is not necessarily something that we market for. Um, right. We don't put it out there. We do music videos. They're fun um, yeah. because, you know, it's just a good creative outlet and it's fun to experiment with light and stuff and everything in them. But it's not necessarily something that we have put much energy into marketing for. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not saying that we wouldn't, you know, do more. Is it's that, is that
0: like just on the company level as like a collective or is that like individually like does Is there like, do you do any like outside creative projects like uh, in the field?
1: Most of the time, to- most of the outside creative projects we do are just, you know, within the company. Just if that fun. makes sense. So, yeah. like Josh Taylor and I will will get like together a small team and we'll go do our own like little passion projects yeah. and stuff. Just like the to- tapestry thing, or yes. something like that. Okay, yeah. yeah, That was all Taylor. By that was the way, a great video. that was that was awesome. That was phenomenal. Yeah, he killed that.
0: So, like, so no narrative then? That's not. Something um, that you're interested not
1: in. so much. Not yet, at least. Um, right now, we're more in the co- commercial and corporate world. Uh, the corporate. Well, is probably like the backbone of, you know, what keeps the company going, right. um, if you like. And uh, I think that we'll always do be doing that. The narrative is definitely maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we still want to keep developing as commercial um, cinematographers and a commercial production company. And what comes from that what comes from it? I, n- I don't really have long term goals, which is kind of weird to some people. I
0: guess we can scratch off the last
1: questions. Is that the last question? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's... It's it's a bit weird. Like some people ask me like what are the long-term goals? Like for me personally and then for the company. And it's so hard to do that cuz I I've never really been one for long-term goals. I've never really been one for short-term goals, now that I think about it. I just I don't really know. It's kind of a weird a a weird thing to say, but I just kind of do what I think's best for either, you know, me and my family or uh, the company. Like one thing at a time Mm -hmm. um sometimes you know if 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 something falls into place and think oh okay maybe internal communications is is good for the company maybe we can shift a few things around to make what what make do what makes sense for that but i've never been really one for that for like i never really had the goal to like play soccer in college or anything
0: yeah
1: and that just happened um and then i never had the goal to be in video production and then the job interview came up for 3d systems and then i guess that was the direction it's never really been one thing that i've been and it kind of hurts in in a in a in a certain way because i wish i had more time and i wish i knew wanted to be in video production earlier because i would have had more time to like be in like the field and practice and stuff but yeah i don't know when it comes to goals it's it's i've never really had solid ones
0: that's that's interesting because i've never heard that no. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's good to be different. Yeah, uh, but, uh, it's
1: it's been alright so far. I think um, we'll, it we'll see. Be,
0: it, it's probably good because I set a lot of goals. Like I said, uh, I think when I was eighteen, I said I'll be in Sundance by twenty-seven, and um, I have I have like nine months left. Head, so. <laughs> you can do it. You've still I, got, I the, time. Yeah, You've still got the time. Yeah, I'm still got the time. But okay, that's interesting. So, like, do you do you find it's interesting how you said that um, visuals? Like you're you're really into like how you create the visuals mm-hmm. and the other part of the team might be like more of like how like we can create like uh like meaning behind it. So would you say you're more of a technical person when yes. it comes to like the visual side?
1: Absolutely. Um yes. I definitely am more of a technical thinker when it comes to like using using the camera and using the lights and stuff and making sure everything is, you know i don't want to say by the book because that kind kind of doesn't really work when it comes to cinematography because mm-hmm. by the book is it's kind of like counterintuitive but when it comes to like knowing knowing what i want from a camera set and standpoint and from a lighting set standpoint and where i want specific lights and you know what diffusion i want yeah for each thing i i kind of have an idea as soon as i see the room i kind of i'm like all right this is where the light should go. We should flag off this window. We should, you know, black out these. We should, you know, hit some diffusion from the outside of this window, for example. It, it, I, it comes together quite quickly and mm-hmm. that might be a bad thing because I kind of get, get a little bit strong-headed when it comes to that because I know exactly what I want as soon as I see it. Um, and there's pro- there might be and there probably is some better options for it, but it's just kind of how, how my head works when it, when it comes to that stuff.
0: Well, I mean, based on like everything I've seen, it like it looks like, it like everything you guys do comes out like, Great. Like it seems like it goes straight from your head to like the set. Yeah. And I mean I've always like looked up to that and respect that. But so like you're not super scientific about it. Like do you use like um like light meters? And do you like have to like
1: No, we don't use light meters. We use the like the Sunseeker app. Okay. Um to know where, you know, where the sun's gonna be coming through, like if if we're inside, if it's gonna be coming out of certain windows and you know, if we're outside, if you know, how we're we gonna keep you know shooting into yeah. the uh shooting into the shadow and stuff like that so it when it comes to that stuff uh, i think everyone needs to be on top of that but yeah. as far as light meters go no, nah. nah. we just have calibrated monitors that we go off of
0: oh what, what do y'all use
1: we use the just, we're just small hd small HD. yeah
0: um I, it's always confused me like i feel like how like how in depth should i be about like the cinematography part because it's like there's people who like could hit a light meter and tell me like the ratios on that and they're like Mm -hmm. i need you to get me these ratios and it's like i i don't i'm right now i can't be on a set and do that but i feel like so many people like that are at a very successful level or like on a technical level like you know can create like some great imagery still might not know how to do that i like it feels like it's almost like where is that really needed And is it like only kind of like a, like clubbish, like Hollywood type thing that we need to like learn that stuff? It's, it's, I think
1: it's, it's, it's beautiful because it's like, there's no right answer. Is there? Yeah, you know, you can, you have people doing amazing things and they're looking at the, looking at the back of like a Sony a7S monitor Mm -hmm. and that's all they're using. They're not using any external monitors. They're not using light meters or anything. And then you've got people who live and live and die by the light meter and they're, kind of old school in the way that they they want to get those ratios and stuff but that can all be achieved those ratios can be achieved using false color yeah um it's, it's just a different workflow it's a do digital you, workflow do you use false color much? every now and then okay every now and then because
0: i just got it on uh the monitor that i've been using and like i'm interested in using more but like every yeah. time i pull it up it's like on a paid shoot and i'm like i'm not gonna use this moment to learn that <laughs> right like, but um yeah. yeah because i hear so many people talk about like how false color is like just pretty much their go-to yeah on like really big jobs
1: it's like paint by color it's, yeah it's pretty it's 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 like the simplest exposure tool i think there is yeah it really is it just tells you exposure of everything in the frame
0: so um like do you have any like favorite gear at the moment that like that's not camera or lens because i feel like that's too easy
1: um we like our ronin too that's been a beast for us
0: that's not the one that just just came out that was
1: no that's no the Ronin 2 is the big boy okay the big guy that is really really heavy and leaves you like needing to lay down at the end of the day if you don't have a ready rig oh it's heavy dude um like 15 I think when it's all kitted out it's probably like 50 pounds
0: oh with with, the camera on, with the
1: camera and everything on it at least and then so we you have to wear the ready rig with it which is like a backpack looks like um Dr. Ock from Spider-Man yeah uh but yeah, it's great. We used the Movi Pro once on a, on our Trek shoot and, um, it, it just really wasn't, the batteries didn't last as long and it wasn't as powerful as the Ronin 2. The Ronin 2 can last forever and, you know, it, it has really good remote control and it's just a beast. It, it can handle everything you throw at it, everything we've thrown at it so far. So, yeah. um, that's been really nice to have. It's kind of like limiting to a certain extent once you get it on there, um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite bad gear right now.
0: I've actually just gotten into gimbals. I actually, like, I think last month I bought a gimbal used because I've been using Steadicam for so long, but like it's starting to get to my back because I don't use a vest. I just use mm. it like freehanded because as long as the setup's like 10 to twenty, ten to 12 pounds, like I can do like long takes yeah. and then just take breaks or whatever. But it's starting to get to my back. So, but uh, so I just got into gimbals. Actually, the first time was when I did that shoot with taylor and raleigh yeah and i was petrified i was like
1: what no. was it was it, crane? You, it was was the, the crane, crane?
0: Yeah. it was the crane yeah the crane one and i ended up getting the crane v2 on accident i wanted the one and the v2 came and i'm just not going to complain about it no so of course yeah it's bonus <laughs> well do you have any like uh like techniques like favorite techniques you're doing right now like specifically with like lighting because i I'm i'm curious like i i would love to like see some like behind the scene photos of like y'all's lighting diagrams yeah because it, it feels like there's a lot of layers to it but i feel like i might be overimagining and it's like pretty simple but like just something that i'm not seeing
1: oh man it's that's a tough one because still your secrets but oh uh, no well i wouldn't call them secrets it's tough because i mean it depends on like what you know what what we're trying to go for what emotion and what what feel we're trying to go for. As a general rule, I always try to shoot into the shadow. So um, by that, I mean, you know, the light is usually coming from behind and then we just use either bounce or or something like that to to make that light a little bit more rappy Um, and kind of fill in, if we're talking about a face like this light, for example, from behind, instead of splitting it down the middle, maybe bring some bounce in and just kind of keep the fall off going across the face right um but making sure the shadow side is always camera side that's i mean that's just something that i try a rule that i try to live by when it comes to lighting um whether it's just turning off interior lights in a house or something like that just to to make sure that there's no you know light just being flooded from all different directions just a way to keep shape and contrast
0: yeah i feel like shooting into the shadow is i think it's something that i recently heard about not too recently like probably within the past two years, but I'd never heard that, like, the actual, like, term, shoot into the shadow, and then I'm like, I don't know if I do that too often, and then I would never hear other people talk about it, but you see it a lot. Yeah, and then you do like, see it a lot. Backlighting in general, like, I I used to never backlight. I, right. like, always, like, did side with, like, bounce or diffusion or something like that, and then I don't know what it is. I guess, the like, that moody phase is kind of, like, getting a little mainstream, and yeah. I backlight everything. This. Yeah. But... I don't know. Just, and then I, I go back and I look at like shoots that I did like three years ago where I backlighted and didn't even realize what I was doing. And I was like, that's why they look better. That's than why they look stuff. exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's wild.
1: It's, it's crazy when you like first starting out, you it's, you do something that looks good and you don't realize why. Yeah. And you're just like, if only I knew back then. Yeah. Actually, why it looked good.
0: And every time I listen to like The Wandering VP, he's like, Talking about how terrible front lit is, and yeah. now anytime I'm, I'm on any set and someone thinks about front lighting, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. It's not worth it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well Obviously, there's sometimes where it, where it makes sense. Um, again, it's 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 hard to gen so to say generally. That's just why I think most of the time going into a shoot is what I'm trying to achieve is yeah is yeah back in it.
0: Are do you ever like look at just a random thing like even just like something out of a magazine and you're like breaking down like how they
1: lit yeah. it. It's a curse, dude. Yeah. You can't watch a movie without breaking down scenes. Uh, it, I don't know. It's tough, man. I, I, I used to be able to enjoy movies and now, <laughs> now you're looking at it and thinking about what the DP is doing there because obviously, like, they're amazing. Like, you watch like a Deacon's thing, like a yeah. uh, Blade Runner, for example, and like, every frame is just so beautiful and you're just like, man, what is he doing here? Obviously, like, he's got crazy budgets and big lights and stuff yeah. to work with, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you know, I wouldn't be able to do anything that he's doing there. And it's
0: Incredible. wild that you go back and you see some of his older stuff like Revolutionary Road. I think it's almost like 15 years old and it's still it's it's literally a movie about the mundane, but it's stunning. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. Who are, who are some of the other like DPs that you like look up to a lot?
1: Um, so obviously like Deacons is, is awesome but I have, I can't, I can't pronounce his last name because he's an Asian dude and it's quite complicated, but his first name's Konami and I think it's like Konami Um That might be really far off, but he's been my favorite DP for a while now. Um, he does a lot of commercial work and it's not necessarily in any narrative stuff, but it, his work is amazing. I'll try and get you like a Vimeo link. I don't know how yeah. you're going to deliver this, but you can post it in there. Yeah, I would love um, to see that. But yeah, incredible work.
0: Familiar? Yeah. Is there? Are there any brands that you can think of that like he's worked on?
1: Yeah, he's worked with um, a lot of like, high-end, like, fashion and makeup, like Chanel, and um, what was... It? I can't think of the ones off the top of my head, the actual brands. I can just see the visuals, like, really clearly.
0: Is it, like, like chic and... Is it, like, Ikea or Moody? He does a lot of different stuff, yeah. which is
1: why I really respect him. Like, he has a lot of dark and moody, like, music video stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, incredibly creative. And the directors that he works with and the creative that he has to work with is incredible as well. So, obviously, that pays pays a big part in it um but just the visuals um like, like i said he's done he's done anything from like stuff that looks like a gap commercial you know mm-hmm. like nice and bright and you know trendy and stuff to like super moody stuff so i respect his versatility and the stuff that he's been able to do um so yeah he he does some really nice stuff
0: is there anybody else
1: uh, not really no really? I, I don't I, really I, follow I, them I could too see hard
0: you uh, liking bradford young like, you, you'll you have a similar kind of style. Yeah, a I don't know that guy. Bradford Young. Um,
1: oh, Bradford. I've heard the name. Yeah. I don't really follow him or anything.
0: Arrival, Selma. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Pretty much all the new latest Villavenue. I don't know how to yeah. say his name. Denny Villavenue. Okay. All that stuff. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, he's real dark.
1: I need to pay more attention to the actual people behind the work. Because I see work. Obviously, yeah. everyone sees work. And I'm like, I really like that. Maybe I'll save that i don't look at the dph giving them more credit
0: well i i think it's cool that like you're in the commercial and corporate world and it's like you're not necessarily like taking everything like taking all your inspiration from like films Mm. and stuff like that because i feel like i don't think a lot of people pay attention to ads really anymore and i don't i don't have cable so when i'm like at my family's house or at someone else's house and there's cable on and they hate when the commercial's on. And I'm like, this is when I'm paying attention because I- I'm enjoying all of it. Right. Like, yeah. Wells Fargo commercial, it's like, it. it's to, to everyone else, they don't care, but it's like, this is gorgeous. Yeah. They're like, it looks fine. I'm like, no, it's gorgeous. Right. But it, it's cool that you have that kind of influence in that field that you're actually in. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really, to be honest, I kind of thought y'all did a little more music videos, but I can understand why it's something you don't market. It's yeah. kind of like a, it's a diff, it's not. It's a difficult market. The back end is not fun.
1: The back end is not fun. You're no. right. Maybe, we've probably done like 20 music videos all together. Maybe.
0: About how many different artists?
1: Probably like five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did, we did like 13 for Chloe. That's what I heard. Yeah, we did her, her whole album up in... Uh, we went to Virginia for like the first six or seven. Then we went to... Then we did some in Charlotte. We actually filmed a couple in our studio one that's releasing this week, actually, I think, called "Dirty Disco." That's a fun one. We did that. That was that was a fun one. It was like completely just spur of the moment. Uh-huh. There was no not really any planning. It was completely produced in the edit, and it was basically like an acid trip. And we went to like a like a nightclub, had drag queens and everything. Is that the
0: crazy. one with the pool table? Yes, that pool table shot is like the my favorite like frame <laughs> I've seen from you guys. Yeah,
1: so that was just basically... we. That was an extremely simple setup, but, um, it worked out. We, 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 like I said, we, we got NDAs at the front door of this nightclub. Um, and we went in the pool table room and did a couple of performance scenes in there. And after we were done, the nightclub started to fill up. We went up and just started shooting B roll up in the nightclub. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it was completely like non-scripted, just go out and shoot and get some crazy media. And we did, and then we produced it in the edit, and I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. It's basically an acid trip the whole way through.
0: That's how any good music video starts. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so, and I recently saw one that she, I can't remember if y'all were promoting it or if she was promoting it, but it's one where she's like looking up and there's like stars and it's a night nice sky. Yeah. And then I, so I saw one shot where it looked like she was, she had the back to the camera and like, she had this like rim of light going around her mm-hmm. and there was like this crazy VFX shot of the stars. And I was curious how you guys shot that because I've done similar shots and I was curious how similar ours were.
1: Uh, so that was extremely simple. Um, that was a really simple setup. So it was basically it was dusk, like it, like the sun was the sun had gone down, but it still illuminated the sky just enough. Um, and that was Josh in post production, by the way. Um, so basically, we just took a light like an aperture three hundred D and just put it right in front of her. So you know, the light's right there, shooting this way, so it gives her a rim light. Um, so she has some separation from the background, and then we just you know, replaced the sky um, in After Effects just using like a um, like a tolerance map. So we pulled out the sky because um, it was darker than the rest of the frame, yeah. just pulled that out and replaced it with a time-lapse of the night sky.
0: Yeah. So instead of just like adding stuff to it, you kind of just replaced everything around here, essentially. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, so second.
1: the floor and everything was obviously still... It's just the sky that was replaced. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. it was... That was a that was a cool one as well cuz that concept came up the night of the video as well. Um that was just like a an interlude and Josh did a really good job. And that day it was probably wind the wind was probably up was like 60 miles an hour and we were trying to like mount the 6 by um to make some sunlight some some moonlight and oh, man, it was like a sail. It, it, like the we were in this old cabin in the middle of like Hot Springs Virginia and we've got this this 6 by Roped to the, the side of the building um as diffusion and like the, the wind is just whipping through and I don't know how we managed to get the shot, but it worked out in the end because man, that was some of the strongest wind that I've ever seen.
0: If you had any advice for someone who is doing the nights and the weekends, yeah, and they're they're trying to because I so basically I hope. The The information that the people I bring on give is going towards the kinds of people that like I was like five, six years ago where it's like I'm shooting on the weekends. I'm shooting at night. I have a day job, but it's like I don't want to just do that forever. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to break out and you could call it form a company or you could just call it where it's like that is your job. And yep. I remember Matt Workman said you're not a DP until it – pays for your lifestyle right so the moment like no other money was paying for like how i lived i was like okay i'm finally a dp yeah and then two years later i actually got good yeah so what advice would you give to someone that's in that position and they want to get from point a to point b
1: um well i'm gonna start with a harsh reality in the fact that it's not for everyone um it's There is a certain amount, there's a certain mindset and a certain drive that you have to have, I think, in order to be, to get out of the nine to five. Some people, although they won't admit it on the surface, are happy with the nine to five. They like the security and that's, that's absolutely fine. You know, it's nice having a secure paycheck and having healthcare and all that stuff. And, and, and for a lot of people, that's, that's the way to go. Um, and you know, for the people that want to get out, truly want to get out, you just have to just, you've got to suck it up. You know, for, for me and josh excuse me for me and josh it was it was three years of no life uh outside of work really we had to just hustle we we worked every night and almost every weekend in order to get to a place where our our salaries were there were the um we were making less in our salaries than we were in our in our part-time work and that just takes a lot of work it takes uh just just got you've just got to envelop yourself in the industry uh you have to be learning all the time you've got to be reading um learning from people that who are better than you and who have done it successfully and you know just work just get it done uh because there's there's no easy way to it
0: yeah there's no secret formula it's like the consistency and i'm just curious um because we didn't really talk about the wedding brand too much yeah. or necessarily just doing weddings in general right um I have a I I have a weird track record with weddings. Um and so I don't market for them. I don't really do them. It's pretty much like a friend thing. Yep. Like if I'm shooting your wedding, I'm we're good friends. Yep. Um but how do you guys feel about the, doing the weddings back? Then like were you super passionate about doing the weddings and how about now now that you have like this commercial Um, client base and like portfolio like do you still feel the same way about weddings are you passionate about it or is it kind of like just we have the like this is our brand and it is also bread and butter like it's what keeps the lights on like yeah so how do you feel about that
1: so weddings will always be part of our business um they obviously have got us to a point where we we could you know focus more on the commercial side and corporate side but we will always do it and we'll always improve uh, in what we're doing we're whether it's um you know obviously it started off with josh and i on every set and then josh and i edit in every video and everything and that's not necessarily sustainable um if we want to build a business across two different industries if you like um so we are always trying to improve it and by improving it that sometimes means bringing in people who are extremely passionate wedding filmmakers and people who are better at it than us um so that's kind of i think our next step uh is building out the wedding brand by building out teams that can do you know the kind of wedding videos that we like to do but can you know from a step up perspective and like they need to uh, improve the business in a, in a way that you know it, it continues the passion because we are, we are passionate about wedding videos like the reason we started doing them is because they're stories that need to be told and it was a creative a way of telling them for us and a creative outlet for us to do it in a video form so we need we're trying to build a team out that is as dedicated and as passionate as we were or we are um but just so we can have some more freedom to you know manage the clients and grow the business in in different ways as well so that's kind of where we are we're looking for editors and and freelancers. so if anyone wants to yeah, go film weddings kind of, just shoot me an email
0: well um we'll we'll definitely put links in there um i don't know how regional this will be it's really i'm just like dude, yeah, it's funny um so i think we'll go ahead and wrap it up um if you want to plug anything you can do the jobs uh plug any kind of material
1: yeah uh well i mean you can check us out uh, on instagram facebook digital spark studios digital spark studios uh, and digital spark weddings on both platforms uh keep up with what we're doing um uh, yeah and if anyone's interested in wedding filmmaking or editing wedding films feel free to drop us a line an email contact at com. and i'm
0: gonna try to see if we can get Josh and taylor on here soon
1: you should yeah you should get sure. josh on he'll be fun.
0: yeah yeah okay <laughs> all right appreciate it man
1: cool man thanks for having me